0: In the late 1800s, the Danish physicist Paul Lecour developed some of the earliest functional wind turbines for electricity generation. His work laid the foundation for Denmark's now well-known legacy as a wind power nation. But there's a hidden gem in his story, a part of his experimentation that's now resurfacing as a vital piece of the clean energy puzzle. Because he didn't stop at the question of how to create renewable energy, he also asked how that energy could be stored and used as fuel. And as it turns out, those questions have never been more relevant than today. You're listening to Sound of Green, a podcast from State of Green. Each episode, we invite experts and stakeholders to convey Danish perspectives on a given challenge of the global green transition. Through decades of experience, Denmark has turned many of these challenges into opportunities. By sharing these experiences, we hope to help you do the same. In this episode, we explore why green hydrogen and power to X is a natural and crucial next step in the journey towards a future powered by renewable energy. There's no doubt that renewable energy has been and continues to be our most important vehicle in the global green transition. Around the world, wind turbines and solar cells are increasingly powering our everyday lives. From heat pumps to electric vehicles, the need for clean energy is on the rise now more than ever. But as we've touched upon before in this podcast, there are parts of our society where direct electrification is not a feasible solution.
1: First, it's important to say that we always support direct electrification wherever possible, as it is the most efficient pathway to decarbonisation. However, the reality is that not all sectors can be easily electrified. Heavy industries like steel manufacturing and chemical production, as well as heavy transport of shipping and aviation, account for roughly 30% of global greenhouse gas emissions. For these sectors, you need an alternative fuel. This is Therese
0: bording She's the director of EU Public Affairs and Regulatory Affairs at Topsy, one of many Danish companies currently working hard to make the production of these green fuels a reality. And like she says, making it happen could help bring about crucial emission reductions globally. So what exactly are green fuels and how do we make them? The short answer is that we take the energy from our renewable sources and use it to power chemical processes that gives us carbon-free building blocks to produce fuels with. This is what is also known as power to X. And here, it's probably best that we get someone with technical expertise to elaborate a bit.
2: Yes, what is power to X? It is a set of technologies that transform green power, so that is from wind and from solar and from hydropower into some substance X. And that X is an energy carrier. It can be hydrogen, it can be uh, liquid fuels like uh, methanol or ammonia. So power to X is how we utilize the green power into a substance with energy that we need for the green energy transition. This is Eva Raunt-Nielsen, a chief advisor on Power2x
0: and green hydrogen for the consultancy firm Ramboll. She has a PhD in chemistry and over 20 years of experience working with sustainable energy. And as she explains, it's actually a fairly simple chemical process that may unlock the decarbonization of hard-to-abate and electrify sectors.
2: So I realized that at some point that uh, if we want to continue yeah, flying and, and, and shipping, then we need a new artificial synthetic fuel. It's fascinating that it can be made from splitting of water, its electrolysis, and then combined with CO2 source or nitrogen from the air to form this liquid fuel that then can play the role that oil and and gas used to play.
0: Using green power to split water into oxygen and hydrogen, the process called electrolysis, is exactly what the Danish physicist Paul Lecoeur did back in the late 1800s when he was trying to figure out how to effectively store and utilize the excess energy created by his wind turbines. As a fuel, green hydrogen is completely free of harmful emissions and can be used both in its pure form or as a building block in further refining processes. In this way, power to x addresses several of the core challenges that we're facing in this stage of the green transition. As Therese borning explains, this is why Power2x is increasingly being recognized as the natural next step in the renewable energy journey.
1: power to x is often considered the natural next step in renewable energy for several reasons. One of the key challenges, as you know, is uh, with renewable energy sources like solar and wind is their intermittent nature. And PTX solutions allow excess renewable energy to be converted into storable fuels like clean hydrogen and all its derivatives. So this helps to address the issue of energy storage and grid stability very much. Or you can even synthesize the hydrogen into a range of alternative e-fuels like e-ammonia, e-methanol, sustainable aviation fuel, and many more that will enable you to if- effectively decarbonize the hard-to-electrify uh, sectors. So when we talk about power to x we try to tell people that it's the bridge between wind turbines and solar panels and the low-carbon and e-fuels needed to replace fossil fuels. Another feature of Power2x that makes it an important
0: and timely addition to the Green Solutions toolkit is its versatility when it comes to integrating it into existing energy systems.
1: One of the additional benefits of Power2x technologies is their modularity, making it easier to deploy them in a more remote or decentralized uh, manner. You can easily install an electrolyzer on site at a wind or solar farm, enabling the project developers to generate or even reuse the green hydrogen to optimize their uh, operations or at rapidly expanding hydrogen hubs that, that we see all around uh, the, the world. So the benefit is not uh, only to improve e- efficiency, but also to uh, ensure uh, increased energy, independency uh, and, and resilience in, uh, in the energy system. The energy crises of the past few years have only highlighted the
0: need for independent, integrated and diversified energy systems. Both in Denmark and in Europe, the goals for the build-out of renewable energy have been accelerated with numerous declarations like the Espiat Declaration. And increasingly, these ambitions are being coupled with goals and strategies for electrolyzer capacity and green hydrogen production. For Thai Slausen Jensen, the CEO of Denmark's industry organization for power to X and Green Hydrogen Businesses, there's no doubt that establishing the link between the green transition. And the security of supply in our energy systems is crucial in creating a common understanding of the importance of these solutions.
3: Well, I've been working uh, as the CEO of Hydrogen Denmark for more than eight years, and and I think it's fair to say that it was uh, when I got the job initially. I found it very interesting, but 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 did not I think fully comprehend the uh, the systemic importance. But it has been a rapid realization during the first few years that the, this would be important for the, the green energy system. What has then also later, I think for me as well as for everybody else, uh, has been, been clear is that this has huge geopolitical impacts as well. This is about security of supply. This is about uh, ensuring that we uh, can actually both uh, save the planet in a, in a climate sense. That is, of course, extremely important but also we can create independent energy systems that will enable us to uh, produce the fuels and the components for other parts of the, uh, our production value chain that we need based on renewables and thereby ensuring uh, a diversification and the security of supply.
0: To sum up, power to x and green hydrogen are a crucial piece of the puzzle at the current state of the global green transition. And the good news is that the technology is already known but it begs the question, why has it taken this long to get it onto the green agenda? Part of the answer may be that power to x not only entails the use of hydrogen as part of the green energy transition, it also entails transitioning the production of hydrogen itself. Because hydrogen comes in several shades,
2: as Eva Raunt-Nielsen explains. We speak of hydrogen in many colors. Usually we speak of fossil-based hydrogen that as a gray hydrogen. This is hydrogen produced from natural gas, fossil based, and we split it into hydrogen and CO2. The CO2 you just leave out, uh, emit to the atmosphere and the hydrogen you are then using in industrial processes. Um, Then there's an opportunity not to let go of that CO2 from the same process. So if you capture that CO2 and store it permanently underground, then we have what we speak of as blue hydrogen. So this is a low carbon hydrogen, but it's still based on fossil fuels. And then what I promote is the green hydrogen that comes from renewable power
0: The hydrogen currently used in industrial processes is predominantly gray hydrogen, being derived from gas and coal. Only about 1% is based on renewable energy at this moment. That means that today's hydrogen supply accounts for 1.7% of the global annual energy consumption and emits 830 million tons of CO2. In this way, our reliance on fossil fuels has perhaps blinded us to the green possibilities of hydrogen and electrolysis, as slautsen jensen states.
3: A lot of the technology that we need in order to do this is well known. I mean, there has been electrolyzers uh, on the planet for at least 100 years. Uh, we, we know how to produce the renewable energy, obviously, that is already now powering a large part of the light bulbs in, in this room, etc., and, and the whole electricity system. So, so that, that's taken not taken care of, but that's well-known technology as well. But I think we also um, we have not used electrolyzer technology for many years, uh, because it was not needed. We had these magnificent fossil fuels and then sort of realized they were destroying the planet. So the magnificence was sort of double-sided. Uh, uh, but And, and now we're in a hurry. So we need to build up an industrial value chain and obviously ensure that the electrolysis does not only work in theory, but also in practice.
0: So
2: how far along are we with that work? Good question. Where are we? We are way too far behind. <laughs> As
0: Eva Raum Nilsen insinuates here, the speed that we're currently moving at is not matching our international commitment to tackling climate change. And while the ambitions are great, building out and scaling up renewable energy capacity and power to X at the same time is no easy feat.
2: We need to accelerate the green energy transition so come close to the Paris Agreement and protect the climate. But we need to, to build out the renewable power. Power to electrolysis makes no sense if you do not have access to the green power. And then we have to have the electrolyzers and hydrogen plants in place. There we also need to scale up. It's coming out. There's a lot of activities going on. But right now we have in Europe the largest plants in operation is 20 megawatt electrolyzer capacity. And the aim in Denmark, small country, is between four and six gigawatt electrolysis already by 2030. Uh, So that's seven years from now. And that's, for me, not too ambitious goal. We could go to 10, uh, but at the same time, we need the, the build-out of the power. So, a major challenge
0: concerns aligning the ambitions and scaling of power to x with the reality of building out sufficient renewable energy to power the power to x plants. An important facet of that challenge is securing the financing for power to x projects, as
1: Therese Hermann Bording explains. I guess that the most uh, pressing barriers are related to uh, to the chicken and egg challenge that many of us are f- familiar with. So that project developers and off-takers know that it's essential to decarbonize and are willing to do so to some extent. But getting the projects from the drawing table to reality and final investment decisions is no mean uh, achieved uh, in even the most mature regions For example, only 5% of PTEx projects in in Europe make it to uh, FID. So despite uh, the big ambitions and declarations, uh, making them a reality is actually quite difficult.
0: This reflects the fact that establishing new green industries is a complex exercise. Investing in projects where many more or less solidified links in a value chain come together is generally perceived as risky. And a lot of practicalities have to be addressed before projects can even leave the drawing board, as Eva Nilsen can
2: attest to from her work as a consultant. We speak of bringing it from power points to power plants. And to be honest, there is still a lot of power points and documents. Because before you realize a large scale hydrogen production, then you need to have all your engineering design in place. You need your permitting, your safety. Uh, You need to have your resources in place, water supply, power supply. You need to analyze your market. Can you provide this to someone that wants your green fuel?
0: In other words, power to X and green hydrogen present a familiar conundrum in the green transition of individually known and solvable challenges that have to be met together. And as Thijslausen Jensen explains, that makes it daunting, but ultimately also an exciting endeavor.
3: So, it's not that difficult. It's not that difficult in we look at the individual pieces, but putting it all together and doing it very rapidly with uh, ensuring the educated workforce, uh, uh, regulation, industrial uh, production capabilities, etc., and all in the same time uh, while also keeping costs down in order to to maintain sort of an the economic feasible picture. And there's still competition also from fossil fuels. So you will either need subsidies or regulation in order to close what cost gap that might be between green and, and, and fossil. Uh, so And then the picture is all, all of a sudden pretty complicated and a bit difficult. Uh, and there's a lot. To do so. So on the other hand, it's it's uh, 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 the potential is so big, and that is, uh, I think, uh, a big driver. At least for me, when I clock in at work every morning.
0: Carrying on the pioneer spirit of Paul Lacour and Denmark's legacy of betting on renewable energy industries, Danish power to X and green hydrogen companies are hard at work realizing the green potential of the technology. When asked how Hydrogen Denmark the industry organization is working to support the industry. Titslaus Nielsen points to two main focal points, nationally plus the all important international collaboration.
3: Well, I think what we're trying to do is is to look at what are the main drivers for uh, the perhaps two most important uh, development. One, the energy development that we get uh, sufficient green electrons and that we get the uh, regulatory framework, that we get the support and that we get the infrastructure ready in order to transform those into green hydrogen and then perhaps further on to methanol or ammonia. Secondly, there is the industrial part. Uh, and that is perhaps a little bit undervalued sometimes, but that we're actually building and manufacturing equipment that we have supply chains including of precious metals etc that we will be able to uh, have the uh, workforce uh, available th- with the right uh, skills uh, that we have uh, regulation uh, in place for uh, safety standards uh, etc and then we try to work with our uh, global partners uh, because this is also um, uh, as, I, as mentioned, a global development. And op- we can hopefully learn things and also ensure that Danish technology will help other uh, countries uh, move along this path.
0: In tandem with the industry's innovation, the Danish government aims to provide an ambitious political framework that will enable Denmark to become a frontrunner on power to x and green hydrogen. The 2022 power to x Agreement set a goal of 4 to 6 gigawatt electrolyzer capacity in 2030 and defines economic subsidies to kickstart the sector and further Danish participation in the emerging European hydrogen market. Regulation like this is absolutely vital to bridge the gaps that different countries face in their journey towards green industries. In Denmark, for instance, one of the hurdles to overcome with Power2x is that we do not have an immediate offtaker for the hydrogen that we're looking to produce, as Eva Raunt-Nielsen
2: explains. For Denmark, as a country, we do not have a lot of heavy industry. So we do not already have a hydrogen offtaker. And therefore, we speak in in Denmark that we we will transform not only to hydrogen, but convert further into e-fuels and X. And... It's always a challenge for the business case to have sufficiently off-takers uh, and willing to pay the price. But we have great support uh, from, yeah, both from the EU and from the Danish government to to go and to develop this.
0: Luckily, Denmark has good prerequisites for turning both government and industry ambitions on power to X and green hydrogen into results.
2: Denmark has parts of the whole value chain and has actually a tradition for research into these technologies and materials that goes 25 or 30 years back with public-funded research and development projects. We also have a number of of, uh, companies that are providing the materials, the electrolyzers, sure, also the, the wind turbines uh, so that we do have the green power and then we continue to have knowledge about how to make hydrogen pipelines and hydrogen storage. But most of all, our part of renewable energy in our electricity mix is what makes Denmark forefront. So that we have the chance to actually transform green electricity, into an e-fuel. If you do not have access to renewable power, then, uh, then you can also not make your green hydrogen.
0: Furthermore, Danish companies have shown themselves willing to take risks and move ahead, even if the ideal conditions are still underway. This sends an important signal of commitment to actors in other parts of the value chain
1: as Therese borning from Top3States. We are seeing first movers like Maersk uh, leaning in and not waiting for regulators to tell them what to do, but to start taking steps needed to decarbonize their own fleet. They are facing or fronting the risk, but also setting a, a standard and sending a strong signal uh, in the market and, and for the industry. We are seeing similar actions within aviation and also uh, in steel uh, manufacturing across the globe. Um, and this is something we would very much like to see others to take inspiration from. So while uh, legislators and regulators try to catch up, seeing visionary companies committing to decarbonization is, a, is a very important signal for decarbonizing technology manufacturers like TOPSU. Topstreet themselves are also a first mover when it
0: comes to accelerating green technology development in spite of lags in other parts of the value chain. The demand for electrolyzers is expected to increase significantly in the coming years thanks to growing national and international ambitions. However, the current supply of electrolyzers is limited, necessitating production facilities that can scale as the technology matures and demand increases. To meet this challenge, Topsoe has set out to build the world's biggest and most advanced electrolyzer manufacturing facility in Hanning, Denmark. It's expected to be ready already in 2025 and will open with an annual electrolyzer production capacity of 500 megawatt, with the important potential to scale up to 5 gigawatt. And importantly, the electrolyzers they will produce will move the state of the technology in an even greener direction.
1: So we're actually building the world's largest and first industrial use factory to produce high temperature electrolyzer technology, also called solid oxide electrolyzer cells in Herning in Denmark. For those that don't know, see, electrolyzers are an alternative to low temperature PEM and alkaline electrolyzers used in production of green hydrogen. So the benefit of of our uh, SOC technology is it includes uh, energy efficiency gains of up to 30% compared to to using uh, low temperature uh, technologies when producing renewable uh, hydrogen, because we are using waste heat or waste steam in the process of producing hydrogen. While breakthroughs like the plant in Hanning are
0: clearly significant, communicating them is sometimes a challenge due to their technical character. The potential of power to x and green hydrogen technology is simply not as tangible as a wind turbine, in Top Street's experience.
1: It's something that has not really, I mean, kicked in, in, in people's mind that we are kind of making a groundbreaking, first-of-its-kind, uh, next-generation electrolyzer technology in Denmark. So I think that is something where you can compare it to Building the first car, <laughs> having been driving around in a, in a horse wagon, and um, so I think that's very much—I mean—what we are trying to achieve. This experience that the potential
0: of power to X has not yet penetrated the public consciousness is also shared by Hydrogen Denmark.
3: There is a lot to do, but the opportunities, on the other hand, are the risk of sounding too sort of pompous uh, magnificent and that we can actually create uh, perhaps not only in the green industrial revolution but several uh, green revolutions and create a completely different system i think people generally underestimate the scale of transformation that we will be able to do if we if we scale this up
0: one way to think about the potential transformative impact is to think about how the ambitions formulated by the EU will translate socioeconomically. In just seven years, Europe plans to go from an announced capacity of 3.9 gigawatts to 40 gigawatts, and to be able to both produce and import 10 million tons of green hydrogen annually. That means massive investments in technology and infrastructure across borders, offering new growth opportunities and jobs This makes Power to X and Green Hydrogen a prime example of why green business is good business.
3: Here, I think, is really an example on combating climate change and developing new economic opportunities going hand in hand. A lot of people talk about it, but here is really a good example we're talking about uh, one of the largest investments in industrial transformations that we've seen at least since the Second World War but perhaps uh, 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 ever which is of course then combined with all the other things that need to happen which is not related to hydrogen in terms of uh, the, the the green transformation so so this is this is if we're to succeed and and I believe we 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 must uh, then then there is it's is really a lot to do here and that again you can be a little bit not frightened but perhaps you can be a little bit in awe about the potential uh and the scale of the task but on the same time it's it's a, it's this really unique transformative opportunity to create, to create basically a, a a more balanced and better world and solve a lot of other problems along the way as a sort of a, an added benefit.
0: To realize all the potentials of power to x and green hydrogen, we need to make a global move towards making these green solutions a viable alternative to the fossil fuels they'll hopefully replace. Because as Eva Nilsson explains they're currently at a competitive
2: disadvantage. We need to take further steps as we do worldwide in order to have a great business case uh, that can compete with the fossil fuels that we are using today, uh, because we are not paying for the pollution we actually are making when we emit CO2 to the atmosphere. I would like to see a more compatible uh, situation where the fossil solutions today do not have that benefit towards the green solutions and that can come in many ways, but that there is not fair competition so to speak, uh, because the the green solutions, the power to, do not. Uh, pollute the atmosphere with CO2 does not have a a negative impact on the climate, and we do not get any business advantage for that directly.
0: As Therese supporting Hammond puts it, the transformation of some of our most polluting activities hinges on our collective ability to turn Power-to-X technology into a common and
1: accessible commodity. So, the whole transformation you can say of of the hard to abate sectors, it, it it there needs to be something that closes the gap, whether it's subsidies at a at a shorter time frame because we want it to be commercial. I mean, we would like power two x to become uh, like water, right? There should be abundance of it. It should be cheap. today, it's it's more like champagne. it's it's super expensive, and there's limited uh, amounts of it. So it should be the opposite. But we need kind of political will and political courage to, to have these conversations at global level. Despite
0: the challenges, there's no denying that Power to X and Green Hydrogen are gaining promising momentum. And the many ambitions and declarations are increasingly
1: being turned into tangible progress. I think it's, it is the next revolution in in green uh, transition, uh, power to X still. And you can also see that the amount of announcements of PTEX projects globally has increased tremendously during the the, the past couple of years. Uh, So it is uh, a movement um, that is happening. It's not just, you know, a kind of imaginary thing. It 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 is actually materializing. While there's still hurdles to
0: overcome, The indisputable need for green fuels is a strong driver of the work to build both power plants and a rich knowledge base currently being done in Denmark.
2: We do need power to x If we want to continue to fly and to sail, uh, to ship goods, we need sustainable solutions. We cannot continue on fossil fuels. And we cannot use electricity and batteries directly for all the solutions. So I'm 100% confident we do need power to x and we will have power to x The question is how fast and uh, at what price. But we will be there and and we need the solutions. And from Denmark, we are in a very good position to promote and to advise.
0: And if there's one message that the Danish Power to X and Green Hydrogen actors would like to spread to the rest of the world, it's that we can and must go fully and exclusively green together.
3: We can do this green. We don't have to dive into all these Uh, intermediate solutions we don't have to extend the fossil assets that might be in someone's portfolio a little bit longer we don't need to take some strain bridge to get there we can do this green if we move now and if we move together and if we think big. Uh, And that's perhaps not a very, at least the large part of it is not always a very Danish message sort of traditionally, but that's what's needed here. We need to think big, we need to move fast, but then we can actually do this green. Uh, And and we should not waste our time or our resources on investing or or considering a more fossil-based option. Let's do this green.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of Sound of Green. We want to give a special thanks to Therese Bording Hermann from Topsoe, Eva Ram Nielsen from Rambøl, and Thijs Jensen from Hydrogen Denmark. For more stories and solutions from the Danish power to X and green hydrogen adventure, download our publication, "Green Hydrogen is Danish Hydrogen," at stateofgreen.com. Here you can dive deeper into Denmark's approach to creating a sustainable society and connect with the solution providers that make it possible.